Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. What was happening is he was having a series of dreams again and again and again. And he felt that God was trying to speak to him through those series of dreams. And in that moment, Nebuchadnezzar calls the court, calls the wise men, calls all of the people that he has trained, and he said, I want you to give me the meaning of my dream. And they suddenly say, oh, that's no problem. Uh, just tell us what the dream is. He said, no, 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 I'm not telling you what the dream is. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. In Daniel chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar had a disturbing dream. In order to find out what the dream meant, King Nebuchadnezzar called for all the wise men in his court to interpret the dream. The only catch was this the king refused to tell his advisors the dream's contents. In today's message, Pastor Ed preaches on the sovereignty of God. We will learn through the results of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream challenge that no matter men's plans or position, the Lord is on the throne. Now, here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Our God Reigns. Building in faith. I'm so grateful that the God we serve is the God who reigns. And his kingdom will come back someday. Now, when we look at kings and kingdoms being shaken, and we look at an ongoing turmoil in our world, and we look at all of the uncertainties that plague our nation and other nations, we could forget our God reigns. In Revelation eleven fifteen, it says... The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's, of course, looking to a future time when God comes and sets up his kingdom, and he reigns as king of kings and lord and lords in this world. In the book of Daniel, you have an incredible dream. The Bible talks a lot about dreams. I think about Joseph in the Old Testament who told his brothers and fathers this second dream he had. And he said uh, to his family, listen, I've had another dream. He said, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed down low before me. Uh, this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. His father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? Just picture them going to Egypt. And there they don't know it's Joseph. And they bow before him. And the dream is being fulfilled God always fulfills his word. He always keeps his promise. I think about Solomon sleeping 
It says, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask whatever you want me to give you. And that's in 1 Kings 3, 5. Solomon, in the middle of the night, has a dream. And God comes to him and speaks to him. Dreams in the Bible are important. We recognize that God speaks through his written word. Primarily. Primarily. But God also speaks in other ways to us. In the New Testament, it continues with God speaking to his people through dreams. There's a man by the name of Joseph. And the Bible says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then when Joseph takes his son, stepson Jesus to Egypt to flee from Herod's wrath, and then again an angel appears to him in a dream. It says, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he's going to instruct him to go back. Peter on the day of Pentecost preaching to a crowd of believers and unbelievers said this, quoting the prophet Joel. In the last days, which refers to the church age, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. It happens. I was talking to Pastor Ron prior to the service, and he was talking to me about a hard time. He went in his church as they were building, and one of the congregants had passed on and died. And in the dream, he saw this woman in heaven. And she said something like, don't worry, it's going to be all right. And then they were talking about heaven for a moment. But God appeared in a dream. I know in my own life, God has spoken to me in dreams. Where he's come and warned me or guided me or directed me, showing me things to come. And he's done it in other people's lives who have talked to me and and counseled and helped me on this journey of faith. God is not silent. The way he worked in the Bible, he still works today. The way he moved in the book of Acts, he still moves in this generation and around the world. There are hundreds and millions of people in the Middle East who are experiencing supernatural visitation in the midst of great suffering and great affliction. God has come to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in dreams. All throughout the Christian world, you're hearing about witnesses where people who didn't know Christ, who were Muslim, suddenly see Jesus in a dream, and he reveals himself to them, and they're saved. The church fathers, those in the early church, believed and taught that God speaks in dreams. Now, here's a pagan man, a heathen, but God uses the unsaved. 
God uses people who don't know him. There Nebuchadnezzar is, and he has this incredible dream. I'm just going to read a couple of verses to you. First is Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, and then I'm going to read the end, and I'll, I'll give you the gist of what's happening. The king said to Daniel, this is Nebuchadnezzar, Surely your God is, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. What was happening is he was having a series of dreams again and again and again. And he felt that God was trying to speak to him through those series of dreams. And in that moment, Nebuchadnezzar calls the court, calls the wise men, calls all of the people that he has trained, and he said, I want you to give me the meaning of my dream. And they suddenly say, oh, that's no problem. Uh, Just tell us what the dream is. He said, no, 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 I'm not telling you what the dream is. You have to tell me what my dream was, and then you have to interpret it. And they said, that's impossible. And then he said it again. And then he said, if you don't do it, your lives are on the line. And he decided to kill all of those wise men. Now, why would he do such a a radical thing? I think what was happening in Nebuchadnezzar was in that dream, he felt perhaps there was going to be a coup to overthrow his kingdom. That perhaps God was showing him that his kingdom was going to be destroyed. And so there was a lot of intrigue in the kingdom of Babylon. And now Nebuchadnezzar became paranoid, thinking maybe it's his wise men, the astrologers, all the people that he had trained and were trained so diligently. They couldn't give the answer, and so he had decided to execute them. And then the messenger came and told Daniel, and Daniel said, Wait, wait. And Daniel prayed, and God was going to speak to him. In Daniel 2.47, the king said to Daniel, this is the end of the chapter almost, surely your God is God, is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Daniel knew what the dream was and gave the interpretation of the dream. This morning, I want you to see two simple points from this text. Two simple points that are profound, that if you build your life on them, will help you to experience peace during troubled times, strength during times of stress and anxiety. God reveals his purpose in history. God reveals his purpose in history. In Daniel 2, 27 to 28, it says this, Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. So he's going to reveal this mystery to Nebuchadnezzar, because God has shown Daniel after he and his friends had prayed what the dream was and what the interpretation was. I want you to notice this first. God's ways are not naturally understood. God's ways 
are not naturally understood. We don't always understand what the events of our time mean. We know God is speaking, but to fully understand them, unless God opens our eyes, opens our hearts, unless we diligently understand the scriptures, it goes over our head. We can't fully understand. And and the Bible tells us that. God's ways are not naturally understood. Remember, Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, since no man knows the future, who can tell him what's to come? Then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what God, uh, what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. What it's saying is this. To try and understand what God is doing in history, and sometimes even in our own lives, it's like living on the slope of a question mark. Do you understand maybe what's happening in the Middle East? Now, now Putin and Russia are filling that vacuum of leadership. I don't know how all of that will turn out. Is it preparing for Armageddon? It may be. Is it preparing for that great war in Megiddo? That could be. What about the blood moon that we saw just a couple of weeks ago? Now, some people will take those things and immediately import into all their ideas. I think you need to be cautious and careful. Let it remind you that the Bible says that there will be signs in the heavens and in the stars. Let it remind you that Jesus Christ is coming back. Let it be a reminder to you that this world will one day be judged. They should all be a reminder of biblical prophecy. But unless the Holy Spirit comes and reveals things, here Solomon told us, we don't know by our own understanding. We live in a world that simply wants to leave God out of it. We want to think that we could understand everything by science, by reason, by our own understanding. You can't. You can't. In verses 10 to 12, it says, The astrologers answered the king, There is no, not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered execution of all the wise men of Babylon. What happens is the king recognizes, wait a minute, I've spent all money and training and all this brain power. I think it's a farce. You know, we need to recognize that there's only one who knows the future, and that is God. And we can depend on him and seek him. And he reveals his, the future in his word. He reveals his future by his Holy Spirit. When I look at what's happening in California over these past years and years, all the, far, all the forest fires that just seem to break out, I look at South Carolina. I look at all of the strange weather phenomena that happen. I think God's speaking to us. 
I think God is trying to wake us up. I think God is trying to help us to look where we are at as a people, as a nation. Again and again, the Bible tells us that God speaks through judgment on nations and through various things that he does in, our, in this world, this natural world. God's ways are not naturally understood. God's ways are supernaturally understood. God's ways are supernaturally understood. In verses 17 to 19, then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. God revealed what was going to happen. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. Daniel got on his knees and prayed. I mean, his life was in danger. The in Friends' lives were in danger, and he got and he simply sought the Lord. There was a humility and a dependency that Daniel had on God. God has been, he is, working in our world. And we as believers have to open up that door of prayer, walk in and begin to seek the face of God for wisdom and understanding how to respond, what he is saying, what he is doing, how to react to what's going on in our present world. And that's what Daniel is doing. God knows the future. Don't go to the fortune teller. Don't read the astrology predictions in the paper. Don't go to some medium. All of that is against God's word. In Isaiah chapter 46, it says this. Remember this, fix it in mind, take it to heart. You rebels, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what it is to come, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please." Daniel had a sense of humility recognizing that God was revealing to him the future. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe that God reveals the hearts of men. He speaks to us in dreams and visions. I believe that what happened in the book of Acts still happens today. And as we seek his face and as we put him first, we begin to walk in the Spirit God begins to show us his mind, his will, his purposes. And so God reveals his purpose in history. He'll reveal his purpose in your life. He'll reveal his purpose in history. He is the God that lays out the plan. He has a plan from the beginning to the end. Now, God does something else. God accomplishes his purpose in history. He accomplishes his purpose. In Daniel 2.21, it reads this. He, God changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and he disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. You know what he's saying? It's God that controls history. He controls those who are in control. 
Mr. Putin, God allowed him to be in power. He's allowed every world power to be in that place of power. God sets them up and he takes them down. God's doing things. We don't always, again, understand why things happen the way they happen. But God is putting a plan together. And now God's going to reveal his control of history to Nebuchadnezzar. Because Daniel's going to interpret this dream. He's going to tell him the dream and then interpret the dream. And so I'm going to ask if you'll put the picture up concerning the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And in that dream, he saw a giant statue. It had a head of gold. And Daniel interpreted that. And he said, that's your kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon. But then... He saw the chest of arms of silver, and that was another kingdom that would follow Babylon, and that was going to be Medo-Persia. And Cyrus was the ruler of that kingdom in the very beginning. And then you could see the belly and thighs of bronze, and that represented the kingdom of ancient Greece. He had a panorama of history. God revealed to Nebuchadnezzar what was going to happen centuries and centuries into the future. And then the legs of iron, the kingdom of ancient Rome. Iron speaks of strength, and it says it will smash, it will destroy. And that speaks of the power of Rome. And then he saw this feet of iron and clay, and Bible scholars believe that represents the restored Roman Empire, the feet of iron clay that doesn't mix it's it's weak it's a united confederation ten toes speaking about ten strong leaders in that confederation and then at the end he sees a rock and that rock represents jesus christ and that's an analogy of jesus god spoke to nebuchadnezzar before he came even to judah and then as he came to judah to take over jerusalem through Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet told the Jewish people that God had raised up Nebuchadnezzar. Listen to the words of Jeremiah. Behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. He calls Nebuchadnezzar his servant. Now Isaiah, who lived way before the time of Cyrus and before the Medo-Persian Empire, he predicted one day that the Medo-Persian Empire, Cyrus, by name, would allow the Jews to go back from captivity. That's why liberal scholars separate the first 39 chapters from chapter 40 to 66, and they say, well, it's two different authors because Isaiah couldn't foretell the future. For sure he couldn't, but God told Isaiah what was going to happen. And he named the king that would allow the Jews to go back after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. It was a prophecy into the future. Now, he sees this great rock that's going to crush everything else. And I want to read to you the words of Daniel in verse 45. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and the interpretation is trustworthy. Now he begins to describe in verses 44 to 45. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. 
nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. The book of Daniel has some of the most loved stories in the whole of the Bible. We all remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a wonderful story of God's deliverance. Each day here on Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restored.